Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL Only Better. Well, on YouTube, of course. Uh, I'm joined by Fun Show Mike Carlson. That's what he actually has put down on his Zoom. Uh, and that's, that's what you guys called me a couple of weeks ago. I said that would make a great nickname. So there, there we, we go. Fun Show Mike. <laughs> uh, John Baff, how are you? Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you again. We do not know when people listen, John. Well, it's morning right now, Kieran. I'm talking to you, not necessarily <laughs> listeners. And also, hello to the listeners, no matter what time of the day you listen to this, 4 a.m., 6 a.m. Yeah. For those you of you want. who are watching in black and white, um, <laughs> what what's what does your shirt say, John? NY Concept Sports Club? That's correct. That me Concept Sports Club, like a Swedish <laughs> thing that's happening. What is the NY Concept Sports Club? I wasn't quite sure, to be honest. It's warm, though, so that's why I bought it. <laughs> John's our resident hipster. So, um, he is yeah, definitely he's got the hipster beard now Jeff <laughs> people who listened to last week's show which obviously the recording was a mammoth three hours but we managed to cut it down to 48 minutes they will have um, they will have kind of you know they'll have heard me rag on Thursday night football quite a bit and the Denver Broncos in, genu- in general because uh, <laughs> so I was I was ragging on the Denver Broncos last season before everyone got involved in it so we're before it was cool yeah, um, and I heard a couple of people like afterwards kind of come up to me and say, God, you really went after Thursday Night Football and all that. And then I was like, you watch how bad that game is going to be, right? And as it turned out, it was bad. <laughs> it was actually worse than I could imagine it was going to be. <laughs> well, you wait for this week. <laughs> exactly. You thought that was bad. So I suppose just just, just to kind of, because it, it was dominating the NFL headlines for quite a few days as Thursday Night Football went something to, to there's no games till Sunday. Yeah. Um, so what do we think is going on? Now, I wrote down a list of possibilities of what could be going on uh, uh, with um, Russell Wilson. So at the time, on which was Friday morning, I said a broken finger, which we can be easily repaired. A broken finger will never be the same. He has w- uh, washed off a cliff uh, since his move to, from Denver to Seattle, or from Seattle to Denver. His success was a product of Seattle's wide receiver core. He has a growing pains with new coach or system. The coach, Hackett, is just terrible and a combination of all, which is not the one you're allowed to tick because it's something that's going on. Um, no. Obviously, now he's come out and said that there was the, there's nothing wrong with the finger. There is a shoulder injury. Uh, shoulder injury. Um, yeah, that makes suppose, it sound worse. I suppose yeah. the, 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 worry, the worry about that as well is that, like, if he's saying it's only a small injury, Mike... It's like small injuries don't make you not read basic defenses. No, I, I think, and, and, yeah. yeah, that's that's the key point. I think you, you got right to the end. And there was one play in that game that, that, you know, really brought that to the fore, which was the last the last pass where he went to Cortland Sutton mm. and it was broken up in the in the end zone and, and had KJ Hamler wide open on the other side. Um, and what they did was it's a quick pass probably his first target was going to be the tight end who was on the left side running a sort of out and Sutton's coming into the middle um, from the left, but the tight end slips. So he then looks to Sutton and throws. He never looks to the right to his, and on the right, they had a pick play set up basically. So KJ Hamler is getting a, a rub and cutting it open. And he was open. It was, it was not quite the same play they ran in the Super Bowl against the Patriots that was intercepted, hmm. but it's the same, you Similar know, it's the same though, general yeah. idea. Yeah. Now they being he, Russell Wilson, of course, not. Yeah, baby. exactly. Yeah. Now, whether he didn't <laughs> want to do that because of the, 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 you know, psychological shock of the Malcolm <laughs> Butler interception, I don't know, but what it looked like to me was that he really took two reads and then thought I have to, get rid of the ball and if you think back to the seattle days their whole offense when they passed and pete carroll as we know wants to be a run first team their whole offense was russ takes one look maybe two looks and then starts scrambling around and then throws downfield to it was tyler lockett dk metcalf there were other guys before that but and i think that is sort of a bad habit he has not got out of i was blaming hackett a lot in the first weeks of the season, but watching that one play over and over again, kind of crystallized to me that Russ may still be playing Russ ball as, as copyrighted by the Seattle Seahawks and not really being able to, to sort of mesh his game into what Hackett wants to do. 
So John Baff, he's a sous chef and not the head chef, but he's acting like a head chef. That's that's one way of putting it, Kieran. Thanks for that setup. <laughs> Problem. <laughs> I don't have any culinary puns to follow that with, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. salty puns, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I think the there's a few things. Like yeah, I agree with what Mike said there as well. There's a few things to consider when when I was thinking about this game as well. Uh, the first thing is that kind of it occurred to me that if you remember you know, months and months ago, all the talk in the in the offseason was that Denver were, you know, they were looking for Rodgers. They were trying to get Aaron Rodgers to come in. And by all intents and purposes, it seems like they got relatively close before Rodgers decided to stay in Green Bay. But then I, I would just wonder, like Nathaniel Hackett came from the Packers. He was the offensive coordinator there. Was the idea for Hackett to come in with Rodgers and with the Packers offensive playbook and just sort of go from there? And they've had to sort of call an audible midway through and throw, throw Russell Wilson in there, who let's, like, I mean... He's, it, seem, it does seem for all the world that he's deteriorating. I know that's, you know that's not necessarily a controversial thing to say given his performances on the season so far. But it's, you know, the, the more I think about this, it looks like Pete Carroll knew the writing was on the wall with Russell Wilson. Uh, he put this, or he, he at least acquiesced to this trade offer in which they got a bunch of assets from Denver for this to go through. And now he's kind of laughing all the way to the bank with the apparently top rated quarterback in the league with Geno Smith. And again, that's a PFF rank. You can you can look at that as you will. Mike but the thing, there's no denying that Geno Smith is playing better than Russell Wilson at the moment. So, Mike's yeah, I mean, Geno threw an unbelievable pass at the weekend. I don't know if you saw it. Like, there's plenty of cameras of it against the Saints. Like, it's like, I mean, threading a needle to one of the wide receivers. Exactly, exactly. And it just the last thing about the end, like, I remember I saw a tweet, like, the morning after, I think, the Thursday game. And somebody was just saying, like, what the Broncos are going to put out now that um, that Russell Wilson is injured. It's it's like there's going to be something wrong with them to excuse this play or this type of play. And, you know, yeah, they come out a little bit hours later saying it's not like a minor shoulder issue. But if he's got a shoulder injury, why are you throwing on fourth and one like that? You know, you could you could just you could presumably rush that ball for a yard or two could get four more downs and then try and try and get a touchdown some other You'd way. So they, they forced mm. the issue with an injured quarterback with a throw again and, and as mike said in a position that he has history of not succeeding in at the at the highest level or when the, when the chips are down so to speak so yeah well, I, suppose, I mean let let russ cook i think maybe russ has just cooked yeah and remember this was an indie team that you know they don't i mean they don't have javante williams obviously and that's that's a big loss for them but this was an indie team without jonathan taylor and then you know like two plays into the game naheem hines is gone you know so you know, it, it was there for denver you know to yeah. to, to, to take and this was supposed to be their year, you know. I mean, this, this, you know, they they went out and got Russ. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, Raiders fans were saying the same thing, you know, about the new the new Raiders and all. But still, everybody, everybody, you, you, me, you, me, John, we're, we're all saying it's still Kansas City's division, and the Chargers were still kind of like everybody's dark horse second second mm-hmm. pick in that division. So I, you know, I thought there was a little bit too much hype coming out about about the new the new part of the, the new uh, AFC. I will, I will say I do think the Raiders are the best one and four team I've seen in a long long time and <laughs> they feel like they feel like that guy in fantasy who's one and four but you look at his team and you go god he's got a good team I don't really know how he's not winning games you're talking about me Kieran I'm one and four but the great yeah. team. no I don't look at your team and I know exactly what you're one and four you're the best one in four in this group <laughs> um, yeah yeah and this this compulsion for everybody to go for it go for it go for it on fourth and one and you know skip field goals don't take field goals and i know we're supposed to be playing seven on seven football it's supposed to be like the nba not not like the nfl but you know you watch like what the patriots did against detroit you know and two weeks in a row bill belichick has just out coached (laughs) out coached people uh, you know unbelievably and but they they went down their offense isn't that good they got into the other team's territory they took three points they did that five times, you know. On the other hand, um, you you look at um, Detroit was zero for six on fourth down. Yeah, it, it's it's just bizarre, you know. Take mm. the take, especially early in the game. Take the Would points. You- this is what Bill Simmons said about that very thing during the week. It's in 2022, an NFL head coach would jump out a fourth floor window because analytics said it was faster than taking the stairs. 
Um, Mike, you wanted to talk about, as our old age correspondent, um, you wanted to talk about, um, obviously, Mr. Brady once Get again. Get off my lawn! <laughs> once again, being the beneficiary, shall we say, of some interest. And it should be noted who the ref was, who's someone we've brought up on this show before as well as being, you know, a bit mental at times with some of the play calling. But obviously, the, 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 the call against Brady... It was wrong, wasn't it? I mean, what exactly um, is? Yeah, hang on, it was Bo- it was Jerome Boger, right? It was Boger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I, I'm still mad at Carl Jeffers, who, who who I always think is the guy who's always going to pull the call that one team needs out of his pocket. You know, <laughs> it, it, the question is just figuring out which team it's going to be. Um, I could see, I could see what's going on. No, to me that that wasn't roughing the passer. But yeah, well, it's not like given that the movement, <laughs> given that the movement of the player is kind of the same kind of thing that happened to Tua on the second concussion, I can see why the kind of knee jerk reaction was to to throw that flag. Um, I didn't, I know, I don't agree with it, but the Brady conspiracy theory, I, I don't, you know, I don't buy into, and and of course, there's still not much consistency about it. Aaron Rodgers was complaining in the game in London about one one sack he took where he was body slammed, basically, mm. and and the referees ignored it. And, and I thought, given controversial given, one on Monday Night Football too, as well. Yeah, and, and yeah. yeah, and then that one I thought, you know, was um, probably roughing the passer because you're not supposed to land on them. Well, no, but. The but problem is was that, the ball. Chris Jones one. Chris Jones. Had yeah, the, the Chris ball. Jones was the ball was loose. Exactly, the ball was loose. You're right. So you know, at that point, and you heard. I think the it was after the game, but they said, you know, well, that the passer still gets protection. Well, he wasn't passing. He was he was scrambling. He was, you know, he, was yeah. he was trying to scramble away. And Chris Jones had knocked the ball out. So of course he's going to dive for the ball. You know that to me was was far more egregious than than the Brady the Brady uh, one with with Grady Jarrett. Uh, but I don't know what you're supposed to do, you know, when you're trying to tackle you can the torture body like a ballerina, and not land on someone. It's not that <laughs> difficult, guys. Um, right, look, we will move on, but we want to talk about other things during the games. I will give yeah. you one update: the Buffalo ahead of this weekend because it's a big weekend. Obviously, uh, Buffalo Bills are seven to two. The Philadelphia Eagles. This is for the Super Bowl, by the way. I'm not just shouting numbers at you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the Super Bowl. It's Buffalo Bills are seven to two. The Philadelphia Eagles are thirteen to two. KC are thirteen to two. The Bucks are nine to one. Twelve to one about the 49ers. Fourteens the Ravens, the Packers, the Vikings eight to ones, the Chargers eight to one, the Cowboys eight to one. So it's twenties bar. That's right. Rams mm-hmm. and Bengals. Rams twenties, Bengals twenty fives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, right. What 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 are the odds on Carolina finishing the season? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think they kind of have to. Um, well, <laughs> I, I, I thought, yeah. yeah, talk about well-timed injuries. They they fire Matt Rule, and like two hours later, Baker Mayfield's out for four weeks to six weeks yeah. with a, with well, a high yeah. ankle sprain. Yeah, I think Baker's <laughs> going to check his ankle every day to make sure. Like uh, we'll that. <laughs> now, Thursday night football doesn't get any better, but we do want to touch of it because I want to get us some comments from both of you on, on some comments that were made by Riverboat himself. Uh, Washington Commanders are even money to win the game. The Chicago Bears are 17-20. The spread is one point and the over-under is 37.5. Mike, John, you you will have seen, I assume, uh, Ron Riviera's comments about why (laughs) he's struggling. That's a good name, Riviera Ron. Riviera Ron. I'm keeping everything in. yeah, so he threw his quarterback under the bus, really. In, 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 like, let's be honest. Like, uh, so, but it, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, said yeah. that. No, like, is, he, is he wrong? Though? If he had, if he had, if he had thrown, he I mean, say he, it, though. he couldn't have thrown him under the bus more if he'd hired Jerome Bettis as an assistant coach. You know, but it's just that he it's said, like, 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 oh, their quarterbacks are better. Like Cooper Rush. Like, yeah, and the Rush? funny part is, if you look mm-hmm. at the statistics. You know, it's a typical Wentz game. If you just look at the statistics, his his passer ratings over a hundred. You know, he's got reasonable yardage. They were like one for ten, one for eleven, I think, on for, on third down in that game. You know, they only got down to the goal line for Wentz to be able to throw two interceptions because they draw the guy was out of bounds on the first one. Um, you know, on a penalty, which I thought was kind of a bogus or boger. <laughs> <laughs> penalty <laughs> Jerome Bogus there we got another nickname um but I honestly looked at that line and I thought if T- Taylor Henneke was playing quarterback for Washington I would probably make them favorites 
um, as it is. Justin Fields, his quarterback rating was over 100. <laughs> I mean, what's going on? I just figured Chicago at home, um, under the circumstances, giving one point, you know, might as well, might as well take them if you have a death wish. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'd probably, I'd probably consider the uh, 37.5 is really low, but I would probably consider the under anyway. Well, I will say this, right? Primetime unders are 11 and four this season. Oh, and really? 107.77 since the start of 2019. 10 to 7. So, yeah, pressure's on the NFL. Well, 11 and 4 there. is obviously yeah. a big one to notice there. I mean, only yeah. four primetime games have gone over. And you yeah, can but see Justin, that Justin Fields points. doesn't get many primetime games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. That's true. It's a field day on the way. Um, ooh, ooh. Uh, so we're saying Bears. John, are you going Bears as well? I mean, this is a really tough game. We're putting a thing that we always like to talk about the live games on, but we are putting a huge safety warning on these selections because <laughs> Thursday night football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think this is, I mean, yeah, like they're not going to gain any more Thursday night fans after last week's game going on to this one. Um, I think the, the the one that stuck out to me here, like I, I agree with Mike on this, the 37 and a half over under is, you know, that's about as low as it's going to get, right? It's not going to get much lower than that this season. And I still think that that's probably the best bet on this one. Um, just number one, perhaps I'm being overly influenced by what was it? 12, nine in the Denver Indy game yeah. last Thursday. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's it's very achievable, <laughs> a total score, I think, particularly given the two quarterbacks that are on show. And, you know, both of these offenses are struggling in their own way. And yeah, Justin Fields doesn't seem like the sort of person who can keep up one half of a, of a high over under. So I think, uh, yeah, the over, yeah. Or the, sorry, the under 37 and a half. Is, yeah, 20. Is I mean, this, one. this this gives you room for like a 21-14 game. Which I still 19, even think is nineteen sixteen to me. You know? yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I said, okay, twenty one fourteen. Maybe they don't reach that. Yeah. You know? uh, okay. 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 Let's remove Thursday night football from <laughs> yeah. the whole show, if possible. <laughs> I wonder if Amazon is thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember off the top of my head how much they paid for Monday night football or for Thursday night football, but uh, yeah, it does seem to have been. Uh, obviously, we get it shown over here on 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 Sky as part of the package, but um, yeah, yikes! Uh, let's move on to the six o'clock games. Um, I, I promise you, we will have a, a really good look at the Bills, Kansas. I know a lot of you are probably listening for that, but John, you yeah. want to quickly chat about the New England Patriots at the Cleveland Browns, uh, six to five about the New England Patriots. The Browns are four to six, three points spread, forty two point five, and I should inform everyone that myself and John are are going to meet up with some friends and have some uh, beverages for this one. On, on, exactly on. Sunday, uh, me, the brand supporter, yeah. bringing our Patriot supporting friend as well. So it should be some uh, stand in between. Somebody will be very happy, and so they don't sad. kiss everyone. Am I right? <laughs> you just want you're, you just want everyone to know you have friends. <laughs> we made the friend bit up. It's just the two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why do we get a boot for eight? We're not going to speak either. Yeah, no. Let John talk about Jabril Peppers Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Mac Wilson is there as well. He he, he shares both teams. That's true too. Yeah. yeah. Um, we said uh, sorry, John, but we did actually say last week the Browns were one of, were the best performing defensive team, and then the Chargers came to town. And <laughs> they're not. The, but even even when you said that last week, perhaps yeah, they're not even up to last week. But you you know, disregarding the Chargers game, there's they still weren't playing anywhere close to being the best defensive team in the league, or to be even in the conversation. I would say that they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league at the moment. To be quite honest with you. Maybe they're keeping, you know, they're keeping pace offensively. Uh, like if you, I think I just off the top of my head, I, I saw the stat yesterday. They're the fifth ranked offense in the league, which is crazy with Jacoby Brissett playing quarterback for them. But they're like the 29th defense or something. And, yeah. you know, it's hard to break down how they do that. Is that by points conceded? Is that by yards per play conceded? All that sort of stuff. You know, I'll leave that to the, to the rankings guys to come up with. But just from watching the games, I can tell you that this Browns defense is not playing at all well. Like there's... It's Garrett's playing well when he's able to. Um, the rest of the sort of the defensive front is not like basically there's nobody standing out. A couple no. of the cornerbacks are doing okay. Greg Newsom's playing okay at cornerback, but still, even even someone like Denzel Ward, who's the sort of the blue chip cornerback that they have, he's been awful so far this year. So I think the but the thing about the brands so far this year is that they've been able to stick with their like they're two and three and those three losses have all been very very close and to be quite honest they've been unfortunate to lose all three of those like if they lost two or one of those games i think that'd be more accurate reflection of, of how they've actually been this year but 
the problem with this team at the minute is that they just can't, even when they're playing really, really well, which they tend to do in the first you know, half of the game are going into in, even into the third quarter. But by the fourth quarter, everything seems to fall apart. I don't know if it's fatigue or or if the coaching becomes too difficult then or they just get out coached by the opposition when we you know when the chips are down. But like I said, like they can't stretch away. And this, I think this is an interesting game because it's a battle of two teams who were probably a little bit better than the record suggests. Both have losing records. Both of them are going here for, for a 500 record coming in, coming out of this game. And you'd have to think that the loser in, in the AFC with a two and four record will, you know, pretty much be kissing the playoff chances away or at least making it impossibly, well, not impossibly, but very, very difficult for themselves to, uh, to make the playoffs. Yeah. So I think now I, you remember I backed the Chargers to win last week and that both of these were home games for the Browns. I think the Browns take this one, uh, personally speaking. If you look at the Patriots, their two wins so far this season come against teams with a combined record of two and eight. So, I mean, you'd kind of put... Cleveland in that category, it's, it's definitely a winnable game for New England, but I think that the brands are a little bit more of a proven commodity, particularly offensively. And the thing with the defense, there's so much pressure on that now, there's so much focus that I don't think that they can be as bad as they've been in the last couple of weeks. I just have faith that they can sort of manufacture something, at least a temporary fix to, to sort out some of those issues. So um, I think on this particular game, what I was looking at, I would I'd be going Cleveland on the money line on this one, but I'll be factoring it into an accumulator so i think the brands to win is a good one if they do win it could well be a one point to two point win so i mean i don't really like the uh the various other things to look at this i don't like the over under on this one either so i just be a money line better on this one i think yeah i mean i agree with john a lot of things it's, it's jacoby Brissett bowl to me um but the um the Cleveland defense is way overrated. Um, They've got when, great players, when, but it's just, it's, yeah, it's just not that's working. exactly, that's exactly it. It's bells and whistles kind yeah. of like, um, you know, when Garrett's back, it becomes a little bit better because he's a threat, but, but he's, a, I would say a controllable threat because they don't really have, you know, Clowney's not, not a, not the other pass rusher that, that they need. The thing with the teams is that they both want to be the same team. Basically they both want to run the ball. Um, Brissette's played pretty well, except that you, you always get um, one bad pass yeah. in the fourth quarter. When the pressure's when, on, when, they, when yeah. they're chasing it, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. When they're chasing it, they have to throw the ball, and and, and then he he becomes kind of deliberate. But, of course, New England's most likely going to have Bray, Bray, Bailey Zappi playing yeah. quarterback, who's, you know, a third-string, a third fifth-round rookie. Um, and they'll, they'll have to control the game. They don't have Damian Harris. It'll be interesting to me to see who becomes the number two running back, uh, whether they activate Pierre Strong, who um, is on the roster, or if they bring up one of the guys from the practice squad, um, Nige, Kevin Harris, I think is the, the other rookie running back, who's a big bruising type, more like Damian Harris. Mm. Um, but that's what that's what they want to do is control the game. And I look at this as another one of these Bill Belichick coaching battles with Kevin Stefanski. And if it comes to sticking to your guns and controlling the game, I like Bill a little bit better in this. I'd probably take New England with the three points. Mm. I, I kind of share John's you know opinion. I don't know. I don't know if they get the win, but I think they keep it close. Um, so I'd, I'd probably go that way. They're six to five on the money line if you really love them. But, yeah. you know, mm. I think that might be a bit of a jump. So we're expecting a close game, and of course the field goal will be a push there. So um, yeah, well, like just to, on that, like every all of the Cleveland games so far have been within like three points or something like that. So yeah, it's smart money's on the close game here. Don't come on a data led show and say or something like that, John. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Uh, very quickly, I know you wanted to uh, let, let, let's do this quickly now. Uh, Ravens at Giants is one that you just you just yeah, like I, we were about to hit record. You were like, this could be interesting. I think it's a fascinating game. It's wink wink ball, you know, because wink Martindale um, and the the Giants defense was really the reason they won that game. I mean, for a lot of credit to Brian Dayball and, and Mike Kafka for the offense, which is playing very controlled. Um, you know, trying to avoid mistakes, letting Saquon Barkley um, be the, he's the only real game breaking threat they have. And they got one big run out of him in, in that game against green against green Bay, but defensively they, they played a great game. And, and what they did to me um, was they just, they simply decided none of green Bay's receivers were going to be able to beat them. So they man covered, which gave, 
them a lot more flexibility up front where where the Packers were sitting back in zone Joe Barry's zone defense the whole time. And then do the Giants have a receiver who's going to beat you? You know, it's so I thought they almost took the Giants. Uh, sorry, the Packers almost took themselves out of that game. And, and then when you factor in like Aaron Rodgers throwing three to, kind of desultory long passes down the sidelines when they really needed a drive and, you know, give their defense some some rest. And and when their game is running, they've got two running backs who, who you know, are potentially game breakers and they went away from it. So um, Baltimore, to me, is a lot like Green Bay in that sense. Do, do they really have a receiver? I mean, their receivers are a little bit more dangerous, I think. But do they really have one guy who who you have to stop? You can concentrate on the run game and play man. I think the Giants have a very good shot at this one. They're getting five. I might take the Giants with the five. Um, You know, Baltimore, I think Baltimore is a good team. Um, But I think Wink makes the Giants defense better than the Baltimore defense with, with not having better personnel. Could be a real interesting one. I haven't checked. Is it what? What's the sky game? Anyone know what the Sky Game is? Is that the one that they're showing? I wonder. No. Oh, I haven't seen that, actually. Yeah. Is ITV yeah. doing their own play-by-play on a game this week? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, I know. I know you didn't enjoy that. Um, <laughs> Okie dokie. Um, let's do it, guys. The Buffalo Bills take on the Kansas City Chiefs at 9:25. It is four to six about the Buffalo Bills. The Kansas City Chiefs are six to five. Two point five is the current spread. 53.5. We know yeah. what kind of scores these two teams can put up. Worth mentioning, that's 2.5 to the Chiefs. They're home dogs here. It was a 2.5. It was three yesterday. Yeah, it's it 2.5. Yeah, sorry, I should mention. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I mean, I, I find that a little bit surprising. Not, not I huge don't. surprising, but yeah. I don't. I don't. Um, but that's what we're here for to discuss. Um, Mike, you, okay, kick us off, Mike. Why do you think it's surprising? Well, simply because the Chiefs are at home, um, which is traditionally worth a couple of points to them. Um, you know, not as much as it used to be back in the old days, but um, they're less convincing than the Bills. I, I will grant you that. So I understand kind of why Buffalo are the favorites. They're a more complete team. Um, and they're the kind of team that can contain the Chiefs offense. You know, to me, the most interesting stat in that Chiefs game um, was Travis Kelsey had four touchdown catches, but overall he had seven catches for 25 yards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he didn't do anything outside the red area, um, you know, and, and that's a good part of their offense. Now, Andy, Andy ran the ball quite a bit, which is, you know, he's done more of this year. And I think there's a really good story to be told in the league about the, the successful teams, primarily being teams who can run the ball and who are willing to run the ball as opposed to teams that, you know, are, th- are throwing out of the shotgun all the time and going for it on fourth down all the time. So um, I'm, I'm three points would excite me more for Kansas city here on the Monday night on, on the late game. If it was a primetime game, you'd probably go more to Kansas city just because of that juju uh, with, with Patrick Mahomes in prime time. But uh, I, I kind of edge toward Kansas city in this one as um, rather than the bills. Oh, okay. Well, I got to say, John, I do not think that KC have a defense that can handle Buffalo at the moment in any way, shape or form. So yeah, take I, it from there. I agree with you, Kieran. I, I, I completely agree with you on that one. I think just to cut to the chase, I suppose, if with this Jamar chase. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing gonna, and I didn't say it. <laughs> we, gotta stop. We, gotta stop. we can we cut to the like Jamar. That. We'll cut to the Jamar on this one. I think... Uh, if with the the points, even with it's two and a half with, with the bills on this, I think it's hard to hard to look beyond them. I think number one, this is it's hard to argue any other way that this is the two best teams in the AFC and potentially the two best teams in the NFL. I think that's not a very controversial thing to say up to this point of the season, at least anyway. And when the line is like this in in sort of you know relatively close to Buffalo's favor, even the fact that it's an away game on the road, I think you have to stick with Josh Allen and the Bills on this one. Now it's also, you know, yeah, agree with you on the the Chiefs defense thing. What do they give up? What was it? Twenty nine points they gave up to the Raiders. Twenty eight yeah. points, something like that. So, I think uh, certainly Josh Allen can cause them fits with with how he's playing at the minute. And I think that their Buffalo are just too good uh, on both offense and defense, at least on paper. We'll see how it plays out when they get on the field together. Of course, uh, the other thing is it's it's you know. 
if you look at the over the last two or three seasons, it's not it's not been a good thing to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Generally speaking, I'd, I'd actually love to see what the totals are on that if we if we stacked it up over the last three seasons or so. But what am I, Rain Man? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you are here, and you're really good with stats like that. Sometimes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I can't look anywhere else beyond Buffalo on this. I'd, I'd take Buffalo with the points on this. I think they can certainly, I think they'll definitely win. This could be a good candidate for the um, the money line if you're going to do a four or five game accumulator. Mm-hmm. I think I would like that as well, which is probably what I'm going to do this week myself. But uh, Buffalo with the points, even though it's two and a half, I preferred three. But uh, yeah, I'll take Buffalo with the points. Just before Mike, you come in, it's, it's similar. You're giving the points, time. John. Sorry, excuse me. Same you. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're all yeah. doing that. Yeah. At the same time, it's that the Cardinals Seahawks game, game is, is, is almost the exact same. Um, Market four to seven with Cardinal Seahawks six to five. So there's mm. there's an easy double there if you go one or two or one or two. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. One yeah. one quite one question. Given that the Raiders and Chiefs put up fifty nine last last uh, Monday, and so of course the Chiefs are on a short week too. Mm. Um, fifty three and a half, which is the biggest over uh, over under of the week, still seems to me reachable for the over. Yeah, I, I, I you know, yes, it does. But the, the only one of the games that kicked off. In the late slot, shall we say, the 9.05, 9.25 went over last weekend on Sunday. And that was the one that had the lowest, which is 42. If you remember, the um, the Arizona Cardinals game had a very, very high over 48.5. Mm-hmm. And it came nowhere near it, despite mm-hmm. you looking at both teams and saying Eagles, Cardinals. So it's, it's just, yeah, like on paper, absolutely. Yeah. But I completely agree with you, Kieran. I was actually going to make a similar... I was going to make a similar point. This this is one of those games where, yeah, like the, it jumps off the page. I've said this a couple of weeks in a row, and I think that's what it's that game that says like, oh, there's going to be a bunch of points in there. That's like guaranteed excitement. But it, it could very well be a situation where both teams sort of cancel each other out, and it becomes more of an arm wrestle than a than a point scoring game. So I would not be surprised by like, you know, you know, twenty seventeen at the end or something along those lines as well. Okay, but so we've got two Bills, one KC, correct? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Let's find out next week who was right. Uh, the uh, the the late game on Monday, if you're staying up late, Dallas Cowboys take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, nine to five about the Cowboys. The Eagles four to nine. Uh, five points is the spread at the over under is forty two point five. This this is going to be an absolute cracker of a game, guys. Two teams that come in on form. I will say this: Cooper Rush winning a game and getting a lot of credit while completing just 10 passes <laughs> is the type of work that I would love to be doing. You know, the, that, that's, that's, that's how you get a, a This is what I'm saying about teams that are, that are basically run first teams, you know, in, 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 in this kind of flag football NFL. And, you know, apart from like the, the in unpredictability uh, of the refereeing, you know, which, which, Ten, although I was going to say tends to favor passing teams, but they've been really lenient on pass interference um, mm-hmm. in in so far so far this season. But Dallas is a running team, you know. It, yep. it, it it's Zeke and Pollard is 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 the key of the offense, but they do have good receivers, and and Rush has done exactly what you would want a backup quarterback to do in this situation. He's played within himself. The offense has been structured not not to ask him to to kind of go beyond what his, his um, ab- abilities uh, might be. And I, you know, if, if I'm Dallas, when Dak comes back, I don't change my offense at all. <laughs> you know, I'd rather see Dak throwing 18 passes you, a game. Sorry. Are um, you putting Dak straight back in? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but what, what I would do if I'm them is not change the offense very much. You know, I, I would say to Dak, look, look what we're doing, the way things are going now, what we want you to do, is open up just a little bit, but we're not going to be throwing 30 passes a game unless we really have to. Uh, let's let our defense let's let our defense do their thing to opposing quarterbacks. Um, and to me, the, the the key to this game is going to be Dallas's defense, um, which is very much pass rush oriented. Um, they, they I'm not saying they sell out to the to the blitz, but but they do depend on getting to the quarterback. Uh, their secondary is a little bit boom or bust. I mean, that would the Quandre Diggs syndrome, as you would as you would call it. Um, so they make plays, but they also give up some. And um, the the thing to me is that it's all it's how Jalen Hurts copes with that rush. You know, if if the if Philadelphia is going to win this game, I think Jalen Hurts racks up more than fifty yards rushing. Say, oh yeah, 
Um, you know, it, they, it almost has to be has to be that way. Um, I don't think Philly will be able to dominate, but but the Philly offensive line is going to be the best one that Dallas faces. Um, you know, probably all season, and and that to me to me is the key matchup. Um, five points is somewhat tempting for Dallas um Ooh. in in Philadelphia um, I mean, I'm going to pick the Eagles to win the game um at home and I am sorely tempted to go over in this one I think 42-5 seems pretty low mm. for for two teams that can put points on the board Okay, John, I'll throw it over to you. And a reminder at the moment that the Philadelphia Eagles are actually second favorites for the Super Bowl, yeah. thirteen to two, and that the Dallas Cowboys are now eighteens. They were That's bigger when we, did our, when we did our preview show. Yeah. Um, so, how, how do you see this one going? I think. Well, cut to the chase. I suppose. I, I think Dallas. It's it's five points now. Is it? It was five and a half yesterday. So it's definitely changing by the by the hour by the by the looks of things. But you know. Even you mentioned it there, and you also mentioned it at the top of the show, Kieran, where Philly are you know the second favorites now for the, and I guess that makes them the favorites to win the the NFC as as things stand as well. Yeah, um, I think you know that's that's the market sort of correcting itself, given how Philadelphia have started the season and they've been pretty excellent. So obviously they're the only unbeaten team in the league, so they're by definition the the, the best stars of, of any team in the NFL so far this season but that's going to come to an end at some point this isn't a team that's going to go out there and dominate every single game that they play they they're very very good and they've got a system and Jalen Hurts like like Mike had said is, is playing spectacularly well he's a like a legit bona fide uh, MVP candidate there's no doubt about that he might we'll see how the rest of the season shakes out for that I suppose but he's for sure in the conversation at the moment um, but like I said that's not going to stick around now whether they lose this week or they lose next week or the week after it, how long they can keep that going is up for debate but i think this could potentially be the stick in the mud that really kind of gets them it's a division game an intense rivalry they're at home of course so that really that does tilt the pendulum in their favor a little bit but um i would take dallas with the points on this one myself and i would not be surprised if, if dallas actually win the entire game as well Oh, Last week, I was really tempted to take Arizona with the points against Philadelphia, which was five and a half at, at the time that, that we were doing doing the show. Mm-hmm. I did take the under in that game, which was 48-5, and that, that came in quite easily. Um, but, but I think, strangely enough, I think Dallas is probably a better bet to put more than 17 on the board, um, even in Philly. You know, I'm having little second thoughts when I went back and looked at that game. So Philly, Arizona was 2017. You know, in but it was in Arizona, um, and I think the Eagles are probably good for this. This is kind of a 24-21 kind of game to me. Okay, uh, the last game we're going to look at is Monday Night Football, and it is oh for God's sake, the Denver Broncos again! <laughs> <laughs> Your Denver Broncos, you love them on you love them on Thursday, you'll love them on Monday. They're not America. America's new team is the Atlanta Falcons, who were five and zero against the spread, ladies and gentlemen. So keep an eye out for them against America's new team. Well, yeah, I mean that's then that's an interesting one too because um, San Francisco's got. Uh, I looked at this this morning. Bosa, Armstead, and uh, Kinlaw are all questionable. Ward is um, probably out, and Mosley's definitely out. So that's like five pieces of their defense that might that might well be missing. Although, in fairness, Pitts is out, uh, or he's questionable, but but likely out for uh, Atlanta. And of course, Cordero's out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, indefinitely for them. And Drake London is injured as well, but he'll probably play, I think. But he's he's got he's got a knock. Um, okay, uh, the game we were going to talk about <laughs> interrupt you guys. Just, uh, it's, Denver, it's just avoidance. <laughs> yeah. The Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Chargers, nine to five. Uh, about the Broncos, the Chargers are four to nine. Uh, five point five is the card spread, and the over under is forty five point five. After a creaky start, are we starting to see why the Chargers, despite some limitations, you would say, are kind of people's dark horses John Bav, for the for the Super Bowl you know they've got Herbert whose injury to his ribs seems to have kind of eased now he's thrown much better they've yeah. got arguably and we argued about it at the weekend actually arguably the, the best running back in the league in Eckler I mean you could say Derek Henry you could it's, say it is arguable but still <laughs> uh, you know and we did argue over it but um, they have they have the tools there for sure but are we starting to see why they were kind of dark horses yeah, absolutely. I think if if anybody was down on them, it, it was just the division that they're in because 
we, we, you look at the facts and the figures at the start of the season, and we talked about it, I believe, in our, well, we've talked about it a good few times, I think, so far this season, but the, the quarterbacks in their division are, are excellent. And now we're seeing, we're seeing it all uh, play out a little bit, and like Denver don't seem to be, they're a non-factor for, for getting out of that division, at least at the moment particularly given how, how Russell Wilson is playing. So, yeah, the, the Chargers, given everything they have, even the, the receiving core, Mike Williams and um, Alan is back as well. In, he, you know, he probably is, yeah. Well, we'll see. It's like waiting it's, on Sunday, and it was quite funny. Yeah, if it's, if it's not this week, it's going to be soon, at least anyway. So that's only going to strengthen them to the broader conversation of, of, of being a, a, you know, a candidate to, uh, to get into the playoffs or getting deep into the playoffs. But, yeah, just looking at this game, the, uh, you'd you'd all you'd even wonder, given what Denver had said about Russell Wilson after last Thursday night's game about that injury, that steam that the the conspiracy theories that they've sort of manufactured that injury to sort of to uh, to excuse, shall we say, some of his, <laughs> some of his poor play or to explain it. Uh, we'll see it, how. I mean, if he plays, he'll have to play. They they're, they're pot committed at, at this point with Russell Wilson. I think they'll play him unless his shoulder is hanging out of its socket. Um, but maybe that's an improvement on how he's playing at the minute. We'll see. But yeah, there's no looking beyond um, the Chargers in this one. They're they are a strong candidate to uh, to go deep into the playoffs. And listen, they're going to. Um, I, I keep an eye on the injury reports on this one. But I think, given how Denver is struggling to put points on the board, this could actually be a good candidate for the under on this one. And that wouldn't be anything to do with how Justin Herbert's offense is going. That would be to do with how Denver and, and Hackett approach the game. Yeah, without Allen, they don't have that many weapons um, offensively. They kind of manufacture it. But again, looking at the injury list for this game, three three fifths of Denver's line is probably out. Yeah. Um, after after um, last last Thursday, Bowles and Minerts and, and Turner are, are probably all out, and Gregory probably is not playing. And I think their whole defense was built on the idea that they would get pass rush from both sides. You know, like like the old Von Miller days. Um, they're not going to get. So I, I agree with John on almost everything he said there. Five and a half worries me a little bit. Um, you know, even though in my mind, four to six is always kind of a nether zone, you know, in, in, a, in, because it used to be at least because um, you liked, you liked the idea that games were decided usually by a touchdown score say. Um, but nowadays everything seems to just naturally come close help by, Pro Football Focus's best coach in the NFL, Brandon Staley, who who up by two um, went for it on fourth and two uh, and threw an incomplete pass <laughs> and, and and gave Cleveland a chance to win the game with a 54-yard yeah. field goal. Which that Caleb was York. when Mr. Allen was tweeting. I believe it was yeah, what I, the I, expletive I, are we doing? I think that was because, I mean, in that situation, I don't care what pro football focus or say if you can if you can put the field goal out of play you want to do that you want to make them have to score a touchdown oh yeah you know and and i listened to staley's explanation and it made no sense whatsoever you know i trusted my defense or whatever you know and and york york is a really frustrating kicker so far this season you know he's he's hit them he hit that huge game winner in the first one you know and he's obviously got the leg to hit long field goals but he he's got that kind of rookie inconsistency yeah Um, missed a couple of extra points and stuff as well yeah so you know it's like Take the points, make you know, make them beat you with with what's more difficult to do. So that aside, I agree with John in, in almost everything here. And I, you know, I was considering the Chargers as being a best bet. Um, can I just before you give you final details? Can I just mention that the Chargers are four and one against the spread? Yeah, so go. they are a team that covers so mm. so, so far statistically. They cover. They cover. Brandon Staley, he covers. Atlanta, Chargers, <laughs> Dallas, and Giants are so far the teams that you can rely on to cover. It's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Well, there's so, Atlanta yeah. as well. There's that Dallas, you know. Merck's new team, John. Dallas, plus, <laughs> yeah, Dallas plus five coming into play. And yeah, there's a, there's a number of games that I was looking at um, where you just you just can't even put a bet down until you know what the situation is. Miami, Minnesota, for example. Injury wise, um, do you mean? Injury wise, yeah. yeah. Who's going to play quarterback for Miami? Completely. I mean, yeah. I won't go near it. You know, um, if Teddy's if Teddy's playing, which makes it a kind of Teddy Bridgewater bowl. Um, Can't all be bowls, Mike. It's not I, would, I, I, I might like Miami with three, you know, but because Minnesota is kind of unpredictable. But but if it's Kyler Kyler Thompson, you know, 
that line's that line's going to change. I would yeah. get in now. Get in now. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, before you guys uh, give me your best bets, which um, oh. I'm I'm going to let John go first. Hey. Yeah, but we didn't we didn't talk we didn't talk about the Jets in Green Bay. Uh, we 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 didn't know. Oh, and you did. Uh, you did specifically ask to talk about that. Yes, yeah, sorry, apologies. Yeah, Mike. the Jets are getting seven in Green Bay, which is really tempting. Except it's in Green Bay, and, and the Jets, and the, the Jets. Yeah, <laughs> but no, the the Jets have actually. Why are we done. talking about this? Wilson's come back and they played. You know, relatively well. They're another run first team. You know, they they Brees Hall now they have two running backs and they're and they're using that and and they're making. They're making Wilson's life a bit easier, and they are a pretty good defensive team. And as we've seen, Green Bay is a very misfunctional or dysfunctional offensive team. You know, they don't they don't do what their what their players what their players suggest they ought to do um, to really. One, this should be a run. This should be a team that concentrates should never get away from from those two running backs. You know, and and Rogers should be working more play action, but he's. You know, and looking for someone other than Randall Cobb or you know maybe Lazard, but there, there, there's nobody in that sec. And there's nobody in that receiving core that you fear. It makes it, it makes a defensive coordinator's life easy. So you know, at six and a half, I would you know sorry. Um, seven. If, the, if they were getting seven and a half, I might take the Jets in this. You know, so there's some pretty big lines, and I'm surprised Carolina's ten and a half against the Rams. And I, I think that's worth considering, even though Carolina might have B.J. Walker mm-hmm. <laughs> at quarterback or, or will have B.J. Walker. Yeah, no, they should do. Yeah, yeah. With, Unless with Baker's the, like being a little bit. Well, know. I don't know. Is Darn- when's Darnold getting back? Darnold's not back till um, um, end of the month, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a he bit might bit. even be behind Mayfield in the, in the, um, in oh, the train schedule, okay. this train schedule, I think. Mm-hmm. The, but they're, train union is going on strike do we yeah, look do we think Bayfield's even that badly hurt realistically like or was this just do you think it's a one of those manufactured injuries as in yeah let's just keep the guy out of the, the spotlight well for i don't weeks? think they want to keep him out because he's a better option than pj walker although pj walker is undefeated in two starts in the nfl <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to think about your best bets. I just want to remind oh, everyone. Should we go through last week's best bets? We, <laughs> which is something I never say if I had it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you got it right then. Um, I just want to let everyone know that next week is Safer Gambling Week. There'll be tons of stuff on the website all about Safer Gambling, and uh, we'll have a few little bits here on the show as well. Um, and uh, a reminder of. Um, uh, to please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend, and, and we get ready for Safer Gambling Week, uh, which is next week running all. I do, I, I do take Safer Gambling Week very seriously, um, but I was really tempted to make a joke about: Are you going to tell everyone not to listen to us? Don't make any <laughs> during, jokes during Safer Gambling Week. Don't get me in any trouble, week. Mike. Let's try. <laughs> let's try and keep me out of trouble for like a couple of weeks. Um, uh, Lots of specials up on the website, as always. I've mentioned about the generosity currently available. Um, there's there's money back, um, uh, money back uh, if your bet loses uh, for a couple of exchange bets. Um, there's bet ten get ten on the racing. It's it's really it's it's great, great, great. Some great offers, really, really generous offers at the moment. To check out the exchange and the sports, both of them in tandem over the weekend. Um, so yeah. Have I given you enough time there, gentlemen? I saw both of you looking at notes. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm good to go on this. Mike one. could be doing well, anything. Well. I'm, I'm going to go first. I'm so my my one doesn't go, get go stolen. Go first, again. John, so you can't claim. Yeah, that John. kind of annoying. Bet. I mean, people have been complaining about you. But my best bet this week, gentlemen, is going to involve. Oh, that was the one I was. <laughs> oh, I wanted that one. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals and the New Orleans Saints. Is, oh, no, I wasn't is the game either. I'm looking at. Hopefully, I'm still one of your two best bets. Just a little no, bit of karma would be nice. But uh, yeah, I like um, Cincinnati. Uh, ooh, just double check. You've got the thing in front of you there, Kevin. It's one and a half or minus one and a half for Cincinnati. Yeah, it yeah. was yesterday. If it's still, yeah, it stays to that. I'm going to take the Bengals there on that one. I think they're they're by they're a, a better way better team than the record suggests uh we've talked about it a bunch i do think there are a few little you know well, more than teething problems on the offense principally um burrow hanging on to the ball a little longer than he needs to a lot of the time but going against what i still consider to be a pretty beatable um saints team uh even with andy dalton who i think is actually beginning to 
put his hand up for that starting job if and when Jameis Winston is fit again. So I, I think they might actually stick with him. They just seem to be more solid, more consistent offense with him uh, controlling things. But I think that Cincinnati should really be able to rely on their defense to get a win here, particularly if we've seen the the, the Saints are quite injury ravaged at the moment. Uh, so we keep an eye on the injury report for this one. But like several other players have, are dealing with issues at the minute. Like their entire receiving core is 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 questionable you'd say so that's michael thomas jarvis landry and chris olave i think that and even kamara is is questionable as well so if that's the situation i'd also look at the under in this one potentially uh depending on how many pieces of the saints offense are missing but i'm just going to take Cin- uh, the cincinnati Bengals minus one and a half on this one as my best bet okay mike carson i'll give you yeah. uh, the next show well the, the weirdest thing to me is that carolina are getting 10 and a half points in a game with the where the over under is 40.5 and I wish the algorithm, I had. I wish I could conceive an algorithm that would tell you, you know, a, a quarter of the points in the game is spread. You know that that to me seems really strange. Um, you almost, if you're going, if you're going to play the spread, you almost have to take the over on, on that game. You know, you have to because um, what is forty points? That's a 30, 30 to ten game. Um, Twenty five to fifteen would be would be um, what you need to cover. So so that game just fascinates me on a whole lot, on a whole lot of levels, but I'm just, I'm going to try to play it safe for the benefit uh, of the audience and go under on the jets at green Bay under 46, five. Okay. Way to talk about another game and then just drop one in, but okay, it's fine. <laughs> yep. It's okay. Um, I'm going to go to one of the later games, Arizona Cardinals and Seattle Seahawks. Um, Cardinals misfired a little bit last week, but I do think it was uh, why they are such a high-scoring team, and Seattle are flying. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go over on the Cardinal Seahawks. It's 51.5, so it, it's big. But if both of them get going, we could be in for a real treat. It could be a real good red zone. Well, with uh, you know what they say, there's the no D in Cardinal. There, oh wait, there is. <laughs> uh, it could be a really really good red zone. So uh, yeah, look forward to that. And that is it, gentlemen. Thank you so much for that, um, John Buff. Uh, I will see you on Sunday. See you on Sunday, uh, listeners. Yeah. listeners <laughs> we'll do some take, take a picture. Take a picture of you guys with your friend. <laughs> oh no, that's going to be awkward. I have. I'll bring my computer. I Photoshop, John, um, <laughs> and Mike Carson. Uh, thanks for that. Oh, it's always a pleasure. You, this this look, makes uh, my this makes my Wednesdays. It makes me also wish we did it on Thursday so I'd know more about the injury situation. Exactly. That kind of thing. But there you go. Well, we don't. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for listening. Uh, Reinder, please do gamble responsibly. We'll talk to you next week. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we're in for a classic because Bills take on the Chiefs. It's one to look forward to. Bye for now.